0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Just kidding. That's not the design of the back. Let us show it to you for real. Sorry. (laughs) That's your open right there. (laughs) That's your open. Uh, hi. Well, happy Friday. We are talking about the Corvette C8. It has just been revealed, and now we are recording a podcast. We stayed up late for this one, <laughs> Everybody's folks. talking about but it. But everybody's talking about it.
1: We, we want go- to make sure that all of you know that the Utah meetup is coming at us very quickly. Yeah, yeah it is. We're, it's going to be here, and we're hoping you can make it. Come for any and all of it. Come mm-hmm. for just one of the events totally fine or join us for all of it. We're going to be doing hiking, mountain biking. We're going to be doing a track day
0: at the uh, Utah motorsports campus. Fantastic road tour is happening. Many of you are flying in and renting Turo cars and we've got those discussions coming up. That's going to be really, really cool. That's the first weekend of August. But prior to that, mm. we just keep packing stuff into the schedule. Why not? We just put more things into the schedule Bring prior it. to that. We're going to be in Seattle seeing our friends Grios, and we will keep you informed on this. We're going to do a live stream podcast. You're actually going to be able to see us this time. Yeah no kidding we're going to be recording a podcast it's going to be what that that's that monday isn't it mhm monday the 20 what is it have well, we have it. to look at a calendar we were not prepared to actually tell you a date that was not good <laughs> no it's actually going to be monday the 29th of, uh, of July yes. we will be actually at Grio's location it'll be about five or six o'clock we will lock in the time when we get closer we've literally just confirmed this with them which is why this is brand new news and we clearly didn't even know the date but it is Monday <laughs> the 29th that evening we're going to do a live stream video it'll be on the Grio's channel of us with Nick from from Grio's. yeah and we'll yeah, talk yeah. about all kinds of stuff we'll probably take a ton of questions because it'll be a live stream and then that will launch the next day that Tuesday the 30th that will be the podcast for uh, for that Tuesday but it's gonna be a live stream which is gonna be very different and really cool all all right. So we've got some more cars to talk about here. You brought up the point that this car has been revealed now mm-hmm. and it looks an awful lot like the renders. Yeah,
1: I, I. Well, first of all, the Corvette has been revealed, so this is a good thing. We've yes. been waiting for the new Corvette. Well, right? I, I, Let, sorry. Let's start on a positive note. There, you always want to give. There's plenty of positive When you're giving notes criticism, here. you start <laughs> with a positive note. You start with the positives when you're dressing somebody down, or you know, you're giving happy report. Friday. This is your you Friday I mean? rant.
0: We, you knew we were going <laughs> to rant. You always start with. The we positives. always rant
1: when we watch these reveals too. Then you move to the constructive criticism, and then you really rant about <laughs> and it. And then the so ranting and do. chewing the seed we were going <laughs> to do all the way above. Yeah. There's a
0: process. All right. So the good news is. Is a new Corvette, and it's mid-engine. It's mid-engine. Yes, yes. You and I I I were talking about two things, and I don't say this to, to elevate ourselves here, but it was very funny because you and I were sitting here watching this, wondering, genuinely wondering. Who in the room, including who at GM, has actually driven every generation? Because I kept showing all of these generations go by, and I, kept, I started to have that thought of who's driven every generation. I'm thrilled oh. that we were able to for American Original. Yes, and yes. And then somebody, one of the many executives that walked up, one of the early ones, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but I don't have it in front of me, but his script – felt lifted from our film. It kind of did in a weird like, way. I was like, this
1: is weird. Look, this is really strange. They do all their research. Of course, but, they, hey, and I'm sure
0: they did the same research we did. I mean, but, but it was, have, The story yeah. is the story, but there were parts of it where exactly. I was like, exactly. did, did you see an American original? I mean, I hope you have, but anyways, <laughs> I'm thrilled there's a C8. I'm thrilled that we've driven all the generations, and now we can drive at some point the C8, which nobody's driven yet. This was the big dog and pony show reveal. And I'm sure you listening have many thoughts. And I know you're shocked to hear that we have thoughts, too. (laughs)
1: All right. I love that they have put the development time into this, and I keep thinking as we're watching the reveal, which I'm sure will be reposted, everybody can go look at the stats and specs. We're not going to name everything here. We'll touch on a few, but they have thought about track time. Imagine this, you know, running the Endurance Challenge races. Imagine, you know, all the things where Corvettes are used and raced and need to shine, and they need to be better than the last generation. But
0: also talk about road trips and groceries and storage and... Well, this is what I'm getting at. All this kind of
1: stuff. I don't think any other car has such an importance or a list of things that it needs to hit. Interesting point. Besides a Corvette. Interesting point. Because you and I are talking about, well, gee, the Porsche 918 Spyder did that. Or the Ford GT looks better and it came out with different technology. It's more expensive. Or name another McLaren. Name other cars. While we're there, the
0: Ford GT has the storage space of a small backpack. Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, you so know,
1: for, for what the car is, I mean, starting with Corvettes were always affordable. They just, they have to be accessible to enthusiasts. Yeah. yeah. You know, the cars we're talking about are millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're out. And then, you know, just the change of the platform itself, mm-hmm. such a big deal. So mm-hmm. every time I think of a, well, that car is better. I come back to the requirements list that GM must have had You're in right. front of them. You're right. And I think, okay, okay, so as a compromise, they did pretty good there. Let's start with the architecture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still, well, it's still the aluminum, it's still fiberglass and resin, and it's still a V8. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of like, I, I wanted it to be future tech. I wanted it to be some sort of electrification. I wanted it to push boundaries. I wanted them to bring all they've learned about the Chevy Volt and the Bolt mm-hmm. and bring the noise and really bring something totally unexpected But they didn't. They brought out a mid-engine V8 car that actually is probably going to be pretty great to drive. I'm really excited to drive it. I think so, yeah. But it just seems like they started with the basics. They came back with just the basic recipe that we all could have predicted. And unfortunately, the internet has ruined the surprise. You're right, actually. You were talking about this. They yeah. rolled it out, and mm-hmm. I thought, uh, and maybe it is because of all the renderings, and frankly, some of the renderings I like better than what the actual car <laughs> is. That's a not a good thing. But they rolled the car out, and I thought, oh, that just looks dated already, and it ah, man, I'm, I'm disappointed. Maybe it's because I've been seeing it so much, and thank goodness they brought it out now, unlike, you know, the Acura NSX. Well... It was just a big deflated balloon. And, hey, hey, the new NSX. Well, and- think about the
0: fact that the, the auto show, I forget which auto show it was, but the auto show where the NSX was revealed everybody kind of went wah, wah, and across the show Ford drops the new GT that nobody'd seen or even knew was in existence <laughs> yeah. and it's great looking besides but i mean this is the problem with these long gestating cars that we all, we as the as the public know about mm-hmm. by the time mm-hmm. we finally get to this place we kind of go yeah uh huh yeah, it's really hard to combat that. I am ecstatic that this car exists. I am ecstatic that it is mid-engine. I, I yeah. We, yeah. Watch our American Original film. We talk about the progression that leads them to kind of have to do this now. I'm thrilled that they did. I think it does maintain some Corvette look, which is great. I am astonished, like you said. I am astonished that they are worried about everything they're worried about. I mean, come on. Corvette has always been this sports car that also, by the way, gets good gas mileage. Who else is even worrying about that unless they're right. making a—, a, a Showcase right. hybrid. They're not. right. So decent gas mileage on a road trip carries your multiple golf bags because apparently people do that, but also carries the roof in, in the rear trunk. I mean, I yeah. actually think that yeah. contributed to my number one critique of the look of this car. I actually okay. have decided watching it spin on the turntable. Now, look, we haven't seen it in person. That changes things. It always does. It always does. But I think I like it from every single angle except straight from the back. I genuinely hate it. I'm really trying to figure out why, though. I'm really trying to put my finger on the exact reason. I think it looks too tall and too pinched, and the taillights are Camaro. They are. Cuz here's what happened. The front is a Blazer. Well, the front Maybe. is the front has got Chevy design cues, it's, but absolutely. it still says Corvette. The back just says Camaro to me. And this happened a couple generations ago where the Camaro's taillights, one of the first Camaro actually you and I ever shot for the show, the, the Camaro's taillights for a little while were circles with the tops chopped off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we knew actually that the designers were told Take the Corvette lights and make them for Camaro. And so they chopped the tops (laughs) off. Well, then what happened the next-gen Corvette? They took the Camaro idea and they developed it for the Corvette. And now the C8 has got what looks like the current latest refresh Camaro lights stuck on the back of the Corvette. This is an opportunity to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And that is a place where I just see, well, it has to look like everything else we make. And I think the back has been ruined by that, Hmm. genuinely. I like. I even like – here's the thing. If you just tilt it a little bit off of straight on the back view, give me a rear three-quarter, it still works. I'm still seeing the rear, Hmm. but that straight back view I think is ugly, and the rest of the car I think is working. And that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. I still want to drive one like crazy. I still think they're going to look amazing in motion. I like it better in blue than the red that they were showing off. I think the blue looks fantastic. I also think wheels that are not black help it too.
1: I agree. I'm fully on board with that. Well, as we're discussing, and I know everybody's going to dissect this car endlessly, other cars get a pass. Mm. The 4GT, all the ones we've named, the McLarens, any mid engine, Caymans, Elises get a pass in, s- in many Fair. categories. Fair. This car gets no reprieve, no passes You're right. from anybody You're right. from the interior. <laughs> right. Look at the interior. Mm-hmm. I-, I have my beef with the interior. The, the line of buttons and i think it's cool the wall that will exist between you and the passenger that ah, i'm not a fan again i have to drive it but getting back to this requirements mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i'm going to say this without having driven it yet the the carvette the carvette the car it, it is a
0: car called the corvette the, the carvette
1: Carvet. the car is so compromised it's actually a winner It's so compromised in so many categories. You know, just road trips. Mm -hmm. Think about what buyers of Corvettes use them for. It is cruise sometimes. They're not tracking them. They're not hustling them. Or, you know, track time. Or drivability. Or cargo. Or sound. Or name a category. Well, yes. And they've they've touched on it. They've addressed it. They've addressed them all. And they've, they've done such a good job. And... I mean, stuff has to go. They totally it, the car has to match the current lineup. It's a, I wish it were yeah. more futuristic looking. I wish it were pushed further. I wish it were a total clean slate because it is a clean slate. It's a brand yeah. new it's, chassis. It's the only time they'll brand ever get platform. to do a completely clean Let's slate. Let's go Corvettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they pulled it way back. So in every category, and there's there's probably hundreds of categories mm, to mm-hmm. deal with. It's so overcompromised. It actually succeeds because it still does. It still checks the box. uh,
0: That is quite an accomplishment. Good or bad, it still does it. Think about how few cars have on their same must-do build sheet. Same sheet. Great on the track. Mm -hmm. Great to drive cross-country with good gas mileage. Those are completely antithetical. Those are the bookends of car design right there. (laughs) And the Corvette is accomplishing both because it's been told it has to. I'm shocked they pulled it off. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Let, I mean, I couldn't couldn't want to drive this more. I, I'm actually glad to have not been at the reveal because I don't want to stand near it and not get to drive it. That drives me nuts. That's totally, the place I've reached totally. now. I, I'm that spoiled. But honestly, I also have to say, you and I have been debating this. I'm thrilled it has a V8. I wish it had a manual transmission, mm, but I'm not. But that doesn't surprise me. There. Considering the current market, I'm not surprised it doesn't have a manual. I wish it would. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So that one. I don't like it, but I'm willing to let it go because I see the handwriting on the wall. But if this didn't have a V8, everybody would lose their mind.
1: Would they? I think so. The GT does not have a V8. And
0: that's been a big thing that everybody has complained about. It's the holy grail. When that one rolls up to the car show, people bow down to that car. But that car also has a very different history than Corvette. It does. Very true. Very I mean true. this this it'd be the exact same as the nine eleven no has no longer has a flat six. It'd be the exact same change. That day's coming. I'm sure that day's coming. And can you imagine the freak out that happens when the nine eleven yeah. doesn't have a flat six anymore? Yeah. This is a Corvette with a naturally aspirated six point two liter V eight. You can argue and you can rightly argue, shouldn't we have gone different and modern? Yes. But from a historical perspective, that the longest running sports car. I mean, watch our film. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like quoting the film here, but <laughs> yeah. but longest running sports car. Uh. It's been a V8 since the beginning. I mean, they had that that six briefly and went. What have we done? And then they put a V8 in, and it's been V8s ever since. If they'd gone away from that, that is would be an even bigger problem than we are no, not offering a manual. I'm. I wish there was a manual. I look at the cockpit and I go, of course it's not a manual. And I like the cockpit, except sure. for the weird canted screen, which yeah. looks like they looks like somebody had a day where there's like. Screw it! We <laughs> got to put a screen in here. But I, I don't. And mind. they literally, literally screwed it on. I, I don't mind the wall yeah. of buttons. I, I they've made a car uh, for the driver, and I am okay with that. Sure, you can you can do that
1: without making this line, this stack of buttons. You can okay. you can make it driver focused. Okay, I, I bet you there were designs submitted, but I the V8 is a compromise. If they had gone more tech or future technology, the car would cost more. Yeah, for sure. So let's make the current V8. It's still a 6.2, nearly 500 horsepower. Mm-hmm. It's more efficient, more power, probably runs better than any V8 they've ever built. They put yeah. a lot of effort into it. So, okay, compromise. No manual transmission, but, hey, it's got an 8-speed dual, dual clutch. clutch. Yeah. Okay, that'll, you know, satisfy a lot of people, hopefully. Yeah. And well, arguments and spe- can be and made in every total. category of compromise,
0: and it's probably so compromised, it's great. <laughs> That's an I interesting perspective. I bet you. I bet you it's great. Back to these bookends, though, if you think about it, if you are the guy that only wants to go to the track or you are the guy that only wants to drive cross-country, both of those buyers want an eight-speed dual clutch. Right. It's, us in the, right. it's the folks in the middle that want to drive kind of fast on a nice afternoon on a back road. We're the ones that want the manual. Honestly, huh. honestly, that yeah. was probably the easiest yeah. decision they made was losing the manual because probably. they were like, well, for the track people, they're going to want an speed dual clutch because they can't shift as fast as that one anyway. And for the guy driving cross country, he just wants an automatic. We're done. <laughs> I hope they documented the fights, the internal meetings, because there were probably fights. Like, well, there was the knockdown, drag out. I'm sure. No, you know it happened. There was the executive that said, we looked at every fastener tube and wire. Of course you did, because accounting yes. requires it. That's <laughs> not unique to Corvette. <laughs> Yeah, we're playing Mystery Science. Oh my gosh! Science Theater Three Thousand with the look. With I, am, the reveal. I am a NASA geek. Yes, yes. This week is the 50th anniversary of the Apollo Eleven mission landing on the moon. Yes, the astronauts liked Corvettes, or in many cases were given Corvettes at very cheaply or next to nothing, so that they were driving Corvettes. All of that is true. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. This is not equivalent to the moonshot. <laughs> Even though it's very impressive. It's, it's not qu- cool. And, but if you're going to tie that together, what are you doing in California? Why was this not in one of those NASA hangars at Cape Canaveral? If you're going to go there, I agree. let's go there.
1: I agree. Okay. Before we move on to the other supercar that was revealed this week. Oh, yeah, that. I want to introduce a new thought for us all to consider about the Corvette. Okay. I'm ex- I'm excited about it. I in am too. In spite of my ranting, oh, I am absolutely. excited about it. I'm very excited. Really we want to drive it. I believe that now with this configuration and that it, it it can answer anything you throw at it. Oh well it doesn't have cargo space. Well it's got a front trunk and a mm-hmm. you know, a rear trunk and yeah. name the thing. Mm-hmm. I bet you this Corvette will now be open and compete actually against more cars than any prior Corvette ever did hmm. in terms of what it can be compared to. It can Probably. be compared yeah. to still 911s. It can be compared to Caymans and McLarens. It can be mm-hmm. compared to mm-hmm. higher-end cars that yeah. have that yeah, yeah. supercar, you know, air quotes configuration. Yeah. It can be compared to, you know, from a price standpoint. Hey, you want to step up just a little bit? And, mm-hmm. hey, the Corvette's not too much more expensive than they were before. Yeah, I'll bet you this new design actually opens up m- more places for it to compete so. against as a, a
0: rational decision. They've sweated it. They've clearly sweated clearly. it. Clearly. The design is a, is a bit – the design is not quite unique enough for me. I would like I it to be that. more – agree with that. Just go go a little nuts with the Corvette mid-engine beat. You've got to be kidding. And don't worry as much about this has to have a corporate look. I realize that's an idea that dies early on, and I'm sure there <laughs> is a designer out there that wants to send me an email about how much they fought and lost that battle. Yeah. It's still cool. And I'm thrilled they got it away from the Camaro because it needed desperately to get away from the Camaro. And it yeah, needs to be for sure, different. for sure. It needs sure. to be very different. And they're, look, we haven't heard prices yet. Maybe by the time you heard this, you've heard prices. They're, they're claiming it's still going to be attainable. I think that's a flexible word when you consider the fact that the ZR1 <laughs> was already, what, $130,000? So... Corvettes sure. have been very
1: expensive. But think about what that competed against in terms yes. of
0: power. Yes. So this base one, uh, you know, is theoretically is going to still be well under 100 grand, but we'll see where it lands. I also just had this thought, the original NSX. Yeah. One of the only issues I had with that car's design. If you look at because I really like it. If you look at it from side profile, mm-hmm. it has a huge rear overhang the space from the from the sure. rear of the rear yeah. tire to the to the back bumper is immense. And gave it a little tiny trunk. The that's reason is because of little tiny trunk. Yeah. I think that need for the we have to take the top off the C eight and put it in the trunk and also that has to fit golf bags has given them a <laughs> difficult thing on the rear of the car. I think overall the proportions still work, but that's a challenge because you take some look yeah. at the Ferraris that this clearly looks looks referencing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The um the Uh, 458 for example okay but go back to the 360 Modena even back there you can see design reference there sure those are just engine they don't need to do anything else but have an engine back there yeah and the Corvette has done an engine and then still giving you a trunk that is hard and that makes a rear end of the car that has got to do a lot of stuff I maintain it's so
1: over-compromised that it actually is a winner. It came out on top <laughs> because of what it can do. Because you can all, always point to it and be like, "Well, yeah, I've got trunk space. You can take a road trip in it." Yeah. And apparently, there's more interior space, even you know, despite the photographs of it looks really tight.
0: But we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they have. Run I'm
1: excited. All- it's it's meeting expectations, but I think overall, everybody's going to come away thinking. Wow, for what it is? And we're just looking at a base model. Think of yeah, all the true. special models true. they can now do that this, this has opened up this world mm. to them for race cars and special editions and gobs of power and the wide-body edition and on and on and on. I
0: think the wow factor has been a little bit blunted by two things, by the places where it has to look connected to Chevy mm-hmm. and the fact that we've all been, quote-unquote, looking at this car for six months already. More than that, more than that. No, but I think it's been close, for six months. Oh, We've been looking at, for at the, renders what, the final and camo is. cars yeah. and this kind of stuff where we kind of already know what it's going to be. Yeah. You contrast Again, it's the Acura versus the Ford GT thing. You contrast that with the way the Ford GT drops out of the sky. I don't know how Ford's able to f- figure that out, but they've done it now a yeah. couple times. Yeah. So the fact that they can just drop a car out of nowhere and everybody else is like, where has this been developed? Uh, The minute you start driving it at the ring, there are standard photographers that are going to take pictures of it. But this was the problem with the NSX and the Supra and a lot of these that have been developed. By the time we got to them, we were kind of like, yeah, yeah, it looks like that. And it should be like,
1: whoa, have you seen this thing? I wish. But maybe that'll change with the driving. There's actually another car that was released this week, also in the very high-end supercar, This is a whole different world now. Similar configuration, though. Yes. It's a mid-engine car. Well... A, a mid-engine look to it.
0: Lotus okay. is bragging again. Last time Lotus bragged, they were <laughs> the CEO was Danny Behar, who came out of Red Bull because you know it gives you wings and now you can run a car company. Right, of course. He, it does. he said Lotus was going to do five cars. They did none of those. Just so you know, they said five cars. He was a little over-enthusiastic. They did none of those. He was. A but the difference here now is Lotus, of course, is owned by Geely. Mm-hmm. They have money. They have done great things for Volvo. Yeah, they've given absolutely. Volvo all the things that Volvo needed to go be the best Volvo possible. Well, then they've stepped away. They've exactly. given them the resources exactly. and stepped back and haven't influenced them. Let's that. hope that's true at Lotus as well. But Lotus has thrown down with, um, sorry, it's the Evija. Okay. All right. E-V-I-J-A. All right. Which I'm sorry, I know we have to, st- like, the Wira. Pagani Wira is another great example, where you look at the word and you're like, That's not how that should be pronounced. Uh (laughs) This is the Avija, and I will probably either do that by joking or just do it by accident. (laughs) But it is the Avaya, so think Evora and Avaya. Yes, yes. And uh, it's the one or whatever, but this is their $2 million ridiculous comma-in-it horsepower all-electric hypercar. Lotus has decided to skip we lease owners for a minute and just shoot for the pagani owners of the world and then trickle back
1: i don't know that lotus was ever in the category of we're making cars for everybody kind of thing well but they, they're making special cars yes, from day one
0: yes they have always been that but they I, but i always feel like they've been more in the porsche camp where they're, att- they're just out of reach, mm-hmm. aspirational, than in the McLaren or Ferrari camp where it's like, well, those are great, but I'm never going to touch one, let alone drive it. I feel like Lotus has been with Porsche on that. Mm-hmm. This is shooting really high. When, you- when your entire lineup right now is the Evora 400, which, by the way, is brilliant, and the Elise, if you are anywhere but the U.S. Great cars, but both well under $100,000, and now you're doing $2 million electric this is a throwdown. I hope I hate talking about concepts. I hope it is A, real, B, awesome, and C, is the beginning of a lineup from Lotus versus just a, oh, yeah, you did that thing a few years back. <laughs> well, before we touch on the stats and specs of this car, let me connect
1: the dots for you. Okay. First of all, we're in Utah. The mm. former Miller Motorsports Park was now finally purchased by MyTime, which is a division of Geely. Yes. Geely owns Lotus. Mm -hmm. The Ford Performance Racing School for all the asphalt activities have now announced their relocation to North Carolina. The off-road stuff will still stay in Utah. Yeah. But that means there's there's some room now there's for no somebody school. to come yeah. in and run a performance school. Yeah. I don't know who that be, but maybe the track owners who own yeah, a wonder if the hypercar of the company, company brings some that. cars and a driving school out to because they own the track. And I'll be waiting yeah. at the front gate in my Lotus going, Me, me, <laughs> pink <beep>, me. Beep. <laughs> yeah. Right here, right here. Ooh. All right. So this is the type 130. It's an all-electric, all-wheel drive, four electric motors. The target is to be the most powerful production car in the world, almost 2,000 horsepower. And what's so cool is the charging capabilities. The difference between this and the Corvette we just saw, well, you know, the Corvette and the Ferraris and, well, every other car has engine under glass. This has battery pack under glass. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not kidding. It's the other end of the spectrum of current released cars. You have the Corvette, which is a revelation in its own right, but is representing where we've been, Mm -hmm. and this is where we think we're going. And, I mean, I'm back to bookends again. These are the opposite ends of the spectrum on on everything. They really
1: are. And, yeah, 18-minute charge time with a 350-kilowatt charger. If you can find one. 250-mile range. Well, yeah. They're (laughs) even claiming an 800-kilowatt charger, but... Those don't really exist, even at the commercial level, I don't think. Yeah, I don't so, think that happens yet. I mean, that would but, just be like filling your tank with gas.
0: We're talking four motors, roughly 500 horsepower each, one for each wheel. Gosh. So this is a car whose single wheel is more powerful than the other cars they currently sell.
1: So a single wheel equates. So you've got four new C8 Corvettes at your, at each
0: wheel. Yes, or you have more than four Evoras worth of power. If You stay on wow. the same brand.
1: Yeah, and uh, 1.7 million pounds. It's 2.1 million U.S.
0: dollars. So we're all getting one. All of clearly. Well, we're, we're all we getting one. Yeah. We can't
1: because it's called the Type 130, and they're only building 130 of them. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it truly is the other end. But if you have a chance to see this, the design ethos comes from uh, geological structures. Interestingly enough, sure it does. I told you it's always car designers running to nature to find <laughs> themes because nature does it the best. Uh huh. Look at this car very carefully. Look at the shapes, how they interact. The P is actually a beam that runs, that spans the car. You can it actually kind of see phenomenal. down through it. looks phenomenal. It is amazing. Lotus has brought it. And yes, we hope to see them out here at UMC. <clears throat> Who
0: knows? Well, but I'm just excited to hopefully see one at some point. This is in that same category that keeps bugging me, though. These are cars built for collectors to not drive. And that just
1: that breaks my heart. Brings me back to the Corvette. Because, again, you want something affordable.
0: You want that Lotus. You want a McLaren. You can't afford one? Have you seen the new C8? And and here's the thing. The, the C8, the, and, and I'm excited, genuinely excited about this. The C8, the first time you see one at your local cars and coffee, no one will look at any other car. They're just going to swarm that car the first time you see one. And a year later, it's going to be ignored. Okay. Because so many people yeah. are going to buy the C8 because they can. This
1: leads me to a great question before we uh, take a break here. And that is, many of you have asked, what will happen to the values of C7s? Mm-hmm. What do we think this is going to do? Is it... Are they going to stabilize or go up because you can no longer get the front engine, rear wheel drive, Corvette? Mm. Are they going to plummet because suddenly, hey, look, an affordable mid-engine, kind of hot car.
0: What do we think they're going to do? Genuinely hot car, yeah. I think, sorry, what was your answer on this? No,
1: I I think they're going to stay about the same for the moment because the C8 is not uh, actually, you know, available to buy Mm -hmm. at this recording. But once it does, I think they're still
0: going to, I don't think they're going to drop like a rock for the C7s. I really don't. I think the only ones that will hold their value are the special editions. I think if you have Everything a standard go off C7 cliff, with a Z51 pack, it is going to start dropping fast. But I think if you've got a Z06 or the ZR1 and possibly the Grand Sports, but I think Z06 and ZR1 for sure will hold their value longer because that is... The the pinnacle, if you will, of what Chevrolet did with the front engine. It's Mm. not the standard C7. Even with the Z51 pack, which makes the car worthwhile, that's not the pinnacle of what they did. It's either Z06 or ZR1, depending upon how you want to drive the car. Sure. That's the pinnacle. That's the never-going-to-be-seen-again those will linger a bit. I think everything else drops.
1: Well, I certainly don't think prices are on the
0: front engine cars are going to go up. I really don't. It'll be it'll be that 20 to 40-year swath that always happens with collector yeah, cars. Yeah, You know, 20 to 40 years from now, they might turn around for the guy that, please don't do this, mothballed the car yeah, with truck plastic truck. on the seats, and okay. now it's oh. a, just a museum piece, but the rest of them, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, that just means for all of our listeners who are actually shopping in the, you know, the lower price range for a fun sports car can now afford, we'll say, just a base Corvette. That opens up a world of possibilities for used. You realize that's, that if yes. they if they do that, and only special editions hang on. Yeah, that opens up a world for us to go buy the C seven,
0: and they're truly good. Cars. The C seven Z fifty one is a phenomenal car, <laughs> yeah. genuinely. I mean, that's just that's just great news just if they a drop car, off the cliff. And I I'm very excited to hear pricing on this C eight. I'm ecstatic to drive it. Uh, I don't I mean I know why you did red with the wheels you I get it I just don't think that's maybe it's just because I don't like red isn't red enough but I just I thought the blue looked great hey Chevy said they came out with 12 colors colors and a bunch of interior I did that before it it looks like I I like the interior I like it I'm I'm, I wish here's the thing I wish they'd gone as let's start again with the exteriors that clearly did with the interior Mm -hmm. well now the fun begins because we got to go decide what to put it against yeah, there you go. There are a couple of things. Probably one of them has the, the numbers 911 in it. Anyway. <laughs> We're
1: often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time,
0: and then you can search for them all at once. See results from cars.com, cars direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. AutoTempest.com has got you covered there all at once.
1: AutoTempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Auto Tempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're
0: listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, AutoTempest.com is your place to start.
1: We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything.
0: All you have to do is go to GEICO.com and in 15 minutes you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra
1: money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your
0: legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom
1: sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long.
0: We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're back with a very cool car debate from Bulgaria. Now, I, ha- I have this is from Peter. Peter's writing in, and I ha- I have to kind of call him out for a second because I want to <laughs> okay. call out Americans in the process. Okay, uh, Peter, you knew who you were writing to, and that is Americans. And I hate to say this, but we are notorious as, as a country for not knowing geography of the rest of the world. And what makes me laugh about that, because it is genuinely sad, and hopefully you know some geography if you're listening to this podcast, but, but what makes me genuinely sad and laugh about this is that Peter knew who he was writing to, Americans who may not have any idea of the rest of the globe. So he actually writes, I'm writing to you from Bulgaria, a country in Eastern Europe. And I thought, well oh, done, yeah. Peter. I've, I've heard of Bulgaria. I'm even vaguely aware of where it is, but I appreciate the fact that you were writing and He went, wait, wait, wait. wait. They may have no idea that this country exists. So you're writing from <laughs> Bulgaria, and, and here's one of the reasons we're doing your car debate is because we're just thrilled that you're listening from there.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Well, Peter, thanks for writing. He is 22. He lives there. I'm curious, actually. I got on Google Maps, and I actually dropped the uh, the little dude. On the maps to go down to street level, mm. just actually in a in a car comparison, because surprisingly, it's a good way to find out what cars are in you know various countries. Oh, you were actually location
0: scouting for cars. Yes, because you look can sit at there, you.
1: look around, and be like, oh, you've got plenty of Mercedes MLs, and you've got plenty of Renos. I haven't thought of and, that
0: before. Bravo on that. You know, by the way. I just dropped on the
1: city center. By the way, you've got some great architecture. The National Museum is there. That's I, cool. I looked at hotels. It was
0: very interesting, very educational. <laughs> it's the, like the you, places <laughs> we go would we look up stuff for this. Podcast? Or places we would never go otherwise. Well, it's yeah. like
1: you joke, you know, if you can't afford to take the family on a, you know, a vacation. Yes. You get on a video game, and you drive the courses that are in, like, Rome. Like, hey, kids, look, it's Rome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's the made-up Rome course. And hey, like, look, the
0: Parthenon. <laughs> hey, we're going all over the country. the National Coast Museum place. for
1: Italy right there. Hey, look. Okay, we'll come back around in just a minute. My lap time is not so great. <laughs> hang on, kids. After Greece, it's Turkey. It's going to be exactly. awesome. Yeah. We're going to Japan on Saturday yeah, it's terrible.
0: on the video game. But, you know, hey. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're so. all, all, all over the place. Actually, you know what? Side note. <laughs> I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. We've been asking the audience a lot of questions of late. I'm wondering yeah, yeah. about adding a pilgrimage trip in the spring and going to Spain and Portugal. Hey, we've joked hey, about it before. Well,
1: we've been talking about it longer than we'll we've been joking about it, about it. We've been now. talking about it for a couple of years. As soon as we start joking about it, then it's actually semi-serious. Yeah, which this is, is true.
0: Funny. This is true. But the, th- the reason I'm bringing it up again is because I've had a couple of conversations offline, off the show, about it. Because it, this would be the bring-your-spouse trip right now the downside to that is more expensive it's gonna be more expensive day at the beach day with the architecture intermixed with cool tracks still with our friends at rsr they have an event i was looking today they have an event that's happening in march
1: no no don't so i'm
0: starting to wonder even though look even though even though pilgrimage hasn't even happened yet but i'm still (laughs) thinking about that because because let's be honest my wife would like to go
1: well, you know? sure, sure. I, hey, you know we're always thinking about the long-term aspect of all these ideas. We have yeah. plenty of yeah. ideas That's and, never and a, a problem. Yeah. stunningly lack of money to be able to go execute <laughs> said ideas.
0: On those lines, <laughs> on those lines, our crazy cheap cheap car challenge might happen by a GoFundMe. Because a lot of you guys have said you would be up for that. So oh, we're still kind of talking about speaking that. Speaking so we'll of which, come back to that. Uh-oh.
1: there's a 95XJR on Bring a Trailer right now with, uh, I think it's 47,000 miles, somewhere in there. Okay. Ruby red. Okay. It's beautiful. It looks great. It spent its whole life in Texas, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Looks great. Plus there's three 928s. What's wrong with me? I'm going backwards. I want nothing's, 928s and
0: a Jaguar XJR from the 90s. Nothing's wrong with this you. Wrong. You have the disease, and we are constantly looking at cars. <laughs> and at some point, as you get into lots and lots of new stuff, you're start looking backwards like, what did I miss? What did I miss? <laughs> exactly. I missed that one. Well, it's because yeah. they're cheap now. Exactly. You can afford it's them. It's crazy. It's crazy. Sorry, let's get back. Let's get we back digressed. to our friend Peter in Bulgaria, which, we, which by the way, is in Eastern <laughs> Europe.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right, Peter. Used to drive a 92 Renault Clio five doors, his first car. He said it started coming apart when he became a more confident driver. <laughs>
0: it's
1: one of those cars, cars that's do. good at six tenths, and at eight tenths, it just gives up. Like, yeah. Or are we talking duct tape and wire? And what are we holding the car together with? Well, he's right doing next. the same thing to his current Mercedes Benz CLK mm-hmm. 1999 cool. coupe. He said the car is a factory supercharged four cylinder engine. He says it's uninspiring, but it's, you know, occasional spirited drive, which is good. <laughs> He has spared no expense in maintaining it, and while it's very reliable, just wanted you to hear that, no expense in maintaining, and it's reliable. mm mm-hmm. German cars. You,
0: yeah. well, everybody hearing that now? Well, but but the key part of the first part of that is key. He has maintained everything that's needed right. to be done when it's needed to be done. That means it hasn't surprised him beyond the, oh, look, it needs something at this mileage.
1: Correct. Yeah. All right. So it's now starting to show its age. He says suspension components are mostly worn out. The car corners poorly. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good understatement. He's not so sure well about a suspension upgrade or a rebuild or anything. So he's gonna be coming into some money after a few months at a new job. And he's considering the following vehicles. But what's good is despite not having a budget in mm-hmm. the email here, yeah. he's coming into a new job and coming probably into more money. So we're yes. estimating I went we are. actually looking at the the uh, exchange rates, by the way, the country Bulgaria is in the European Union, so okay. we can, you know, speak in Euros. Okay it's good. just fine. Good All good. right. Yeah. So he's talking about the frog eye, the WRX wagon, he says mm-hmm. blah bye, hawkeye, whatever you want to do it. He says he's always been a fan of the flat four turbo, mm-hmm. Mark V Volkswagen Golf GTI, but he's worried about dull driving
0: dynamics. Tires could be a nice solve, but the Mark V is not known to be one of the better gens. I hate it's to say not, it. it's, it's not; it's just not one of the better gens. Yeah, he's also looking at Ford Focus
1: ST, the Mark II generation. He mm-hmm. says it looks great on paper. Doesn't know too much about it, and then a couple of BMWs, an E 330 i because he can't afford the three thirty five maintenance. Yeah, and the BMW E sixty. The the five thirty i yeah and he says these are about the same price as the e nineties around that area he says though it's you know a much bigger
0: car mm-hmm. however he wants a bigger car did you notice this he's intrigued by it for sure he's up for it he, the big thing is he does his own maintenance. And he's looking for something that he realizes I'm coming out of a Mercedes. So, for example, things like a Fiesta ST, the first-gen Fiesta ST, are probably out because sure. he, he wants a little bit better interior than that because he's coming out of a Mercedes, an older Mercedes, sure, but still. So we've got to have some uh, interior considerations here. And uh, he, he just he wants to have he wants to have more fun, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he values handling over comfort. But he is still remembering. I had that Mercedes, so he's got a baseline, if you will.
1: Sure, and he's now
0: used to that Mercedes interior, despite it being a yeah. 99, yeah, he's for still sure. used
1: to that next jump mm-hmm. up. Totally. Okay. All right, so he's uh, he's wanting some advice here. He wants to be able to haul four or five people mm-hmm. while maintaining character. He said hot hatchbacks are also up his alley, but he has no experience with too many and not the ones listed, for sure. Okay. He's eyeing BMWs, he's eyeing the German cars, and I I have... I think some tasty considerations for you. I started Peter at the twenty thirteen Mercedes A class. Mm, this is the okay. third generation. Sure, sure, sure. We never got it in the States. We
0: didn't. The fun the fun looking little little yeah. shoe.
1: Yeah. Now I'm not saying A forty five, those are probably still out of
0: your price range. I am estimating yeah. probably twenty thousand euro top, 18. Yeah, that, that seems like that's about where we are. It's hard it's hard to know for sure, but it seems about like where we are. And because you also said that you kind of have this, I, I get the sense that the budget is is expanding because of the new job, so I get the feeling. Which is that a good thing. Like the earlier you buy, the less you'll have. So you c- might wait six more months and get in, you know, a lot more car. I don't <laughs> Caution know. Caution of the wind. Then we at we'll least a brand new Mercedes. Exactly. Something. Yeah. go I on. Don't know. All,
1: right. All right. So I I liked your suggestions. That three thirty I really was intriguing, and so I went looking for a twenty twelve BMW three thirty I diesel wagon, which are mm, okay. there are plenty okay. and they're cool looking. So okay. I found yeah, one yeah. in black right. for Love a great it. price. I think it was around. Ten, twelve thousand euro, and okay. there's, you know, of course, the mileage kilometers are, uh, you know, very wildly vary. Sure, of course they do, but yeah. uh, you can find some pretty low mileage, even back in twenty twelve. But then I went searching for Seats. Oh, I like it. Because we're sticking with German, because you had mentioned the GTI and that yeah, Mark V, yeah, think of Seat as a sort of budget GTI. The alternative, the the, the cheaper Volkswagen alternative. You're yes. right. That's a good point. And because that had intrigued you, I went looking for the Seat Leon. Sure. Yeah. Which we had back in 2017 on our last pilgrimage trip we when we were we in did. Germany. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked that car. Mm-hmm. You had to, you know, really wring its neck to. to get it to do anything, but But it it was turbocharged goodness and you could hang
0: out at 220 on the Autobahn. Yeah. great. By the way, kilometers per hour. But but, but, but you bring that up. I mean, that essentially was a GTI Mm -hmm. for less money. Exactly right. That's exactly what it was. That's a great point. I like it. So the third generation, if possible, otherwise
1: it's the 2012 to present, um, which uh, again, depending on your budget, but there is the Leon Cupra which Mm -hmm. is the hot flavor, Mm -hmm. Yeah. if you can find one. And by the way, I went searching on Seat's website. There are no Seat dealers in Bulgaria, sadly. Okay. There are in Romania, just to the north. Oh, there you go. However, there are Seats for sale in Bulgaria. They are there. Mm. And if you do need dealership service, otherwise, you could probably take it to a Volkswagen dealer, I would think. I would imagine
0: so. They probably aren't going to look at weird components. Yeah, good point. And Romania is not
1: too far away. I don't know where in Bulgaria you're at, but hopefully it's not too far of a drive. Plus, you get to, you know. Take a drive. Yeah. But my last choice here for you, Peter, is the first generation or second generation BMW 1 Series 5-door or 3-door. I like this idea. always turn my head when we're in Europe. They're one of those forbidden fruit cars. They they really are. We're like, wait, there's one of those. Those are so cool. Totally. We we never got those 1 Series here in the States again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're distinctive because, mm-hmm. you know, actually doing my thing on Google Google Earth, mm-hmm. looking around at all the cars, I was thinking, I was imagining Peter driving the One Series <laughs> you, through... You really dug in on this. I like <laughs> I this. I did.
0: You, you did. you did the virtual car debate on this one. I really like it. Was really like it. Yeah, it was fun. It was really
1: interesting. And so I thought, oh, okay. You know, there's a lot of, you know, white, black, and silver cars and just kind of the, the muddy, you know, sea of non-distinctive cars. Yes, yes. But then what about this One Series, especially a three-door standing out? It like can it. take like 5 it. people in a pinch. 4 yeah. is ideal, but yeah. otherwise you're going to be hooning this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like the it's like a Scirocco meets the first generation BMW shoe. Interesting description. I see how you got there. Know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a shooting brake, but mm-hmm. it's small, but it's a fun rear-wheel drive car. Yeah, I love it. That's it's kind very of what I'm cool. thinking for very you, cool. but again, it like depends
0: that. on your budget. And uh, could be really distinctive, Peter. I like that. I've got, I've got one that I want to add to your group because I like the group of where you are as far as finances are concerned. And then I have two new cars that are on the bottom end, affordability wise, that I okay. think, depending upon how far you're able to go, that might be in your, oh, well, end of the year, I could do that kind of budget okay. versus the right now budget. Okay. So they're, so they're fairly affordable, but they might be just above where you are, but I think they'd both be good considerations. The one I want to add to your list so far because I, I like that say out a lot is the Renault Magan. No, oh, not good. the not yeah. the current one. They've got a brand new one that's been out in a year or so, okay, and I will admit not knowing my Probably that well. Probably fairly expensive obviously. at this point. Still. But the prior gen, see how high up you can get in the food chain of those used. I mean we drove the both the two sixty five and I think the two seventy on the ring. We did, yeah. So the Renault yeah. Magon is a great chassis. It they run really are. All, They're really surprising. It run all sorts of comparos in all sorts of hot hatchback European magazines. The Magan was always way up there on the list in pretty much any spec. Get the highest spec you can afford. But, again, that's last generation Magan sure. at this point. I mean, sure. only a couple of years old, But it's last gen Magan, which means it's going to be cheaper. I think you really should take a look at a Renault Magan. I have two new cars, though. Okay. One is the Hyundai i30N. Ho, 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 ho. That's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 euros, okay? I'm not sure in your specific area. I didn't dig in as far as that's you did. But that's a about... stealth
1: little meatball right there. And, that,
0: and it's cool. It's a great little yeah. hot hatch. We're actually going to drive it at the ring this year. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. the i30N from Hyundai. And then also the brand-new version that we don't get, the brand-new three-cylinder Fiesta ST. Oh. Also getting rave reviews. Also Good about 20,000 euros. Good one. I forgot about that car. And limited slip differential now and improved interior. So the issues with the prior F- the, the Fiesta ST we do get don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. get that car new. But you're right. You know, it might be a bit
1: more expensive, totally. brand new, you know, depreciation, totally. I don't all know those how, things. I don't know consider. how
0: far he's able to go. But both of those are really good new options that I think would serve you well for a long time. Plus you'd get warranty. Plus you'd get latest tech. I think those are really good candidates if you're willing to make that leap. I'm not sure how far the leap is. If not, I love your suggestions, and I think the Renault Magan's an option.
1: Nice. By the way, Peter, Renault fields an F1 team, and their cars are really good. And you can actually buy the Bell & Ross Renault oh, no. watch, The actually the Formula One sponsorship from Bell & Ross. So that it all ties together there. Suddenly we want watches again. Yeah. <laughs> it all works. No, I like your Ford idea. I mean, that is the car we need in the States. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I cannot believe the decision-making. Well,
0: unfortunately, it probably wouldn't sell very well here, which is yeah. – I'm sure somebody ran the numbers and went doesn't make sense. But that's a tragedy for those of us that love that current – gen. the Fiesta C we just finished, want the new one – I'm I'm bummed. I really am. No kidding. Peter, thanks so much for writing. We're jumping to social media questions.
1: Yep. Man, it just continues. You guys are awesome. Yeah, I love (laughs) it. It's great. I want to start out with the big one. Okay. The big question. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody for this round, I think Jeremy Homrich takes the cake on Facebook with all the turbo fours and sixes making big power. Okay. All right. All right. Should the long-running phrase, the phrase everybody knows, there's no replacement for displacement. Should this phrase be retired? Hmm. Is it sailing off into the sunset of hmm. you know electric cars now far surpassing the horsepower output of any really sure, sure, unless sure it's, yeah. you know a turbo with the yeah. size of your head and it comes from yeah. Japan, you yeah, know there's what no what I mean? replacement for voltage? where are we headed here? Yeah <laughs> Ooh. yeah Well, I think you're right. I think this phrase will only apply to drag racers but even drag racers are finding tough times mm-hmm. with electric you know the the farm truck and then the electric cars come along and then yeah. the turbo 6s yeah, yeah. and then the little you know golf polo that smokes everybody with 1200 horsepower and a four <laughs> cylinder and three turbos or whatever yeah 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 honestly boost is boost mm-hmm. and power is power i mean if yeah. you if yeah, you yeah. win You can't claim, well, you know, still no match for a V8. Well, actually, I just, yeah, it just was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting point. Interesting point. And yeah, it actually kind of is a sign of the times because V8s naturally aspirated just used to be the deal. Mm -hmm. That was the thing to give you the torque
0: and the power. And now that forced induction has been manipulated so that we have multi vane turbos and all these kind of things so that you wind up with wall of torque from 1,400 RPMs to somewhere around 5,000 RPM, as a result, wall of torque, that's what you used to like about the big V8s, and now your little four-cylinder... It's just ready to be on boost right now. So it is interesting mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. I have torque. This is the big thing. I have torque all the time. That used to be the big thing about big engines. Right. And now right. we've got torque all the time in little stuff. The problem is it dies out faster. But all the... This That's is when the second turbo kicks in. Seriously. But this <laughs> is the reason the Fiesta ST that we talk about so much is so glorious, is because mm-hmm. where it's really on boost is the place you use it most of the time. So it just feels like it's always got grunt, even though it's more like it's got squeak it's got a tiny little engine and it still works all right so there's no replacement for kilowatts voltage oh there's no
1: replacement for technology well, there you go. That, that doesn't have it's nearly as interesting as catchy, a ring, though.
0: I just don't like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So I guess we're moving on to turbos.
0: Uh, Kyle wrote in on Facebook. He asked about the upcoming Utah meetup. I'm glad you're coming, man. He said, uh, "Okay, he's debating his Turo rental for the meetup. <laughs> he said, should he get the uh, the F-type Jaguar F-type or should he spend a little extra and get the Audi R8 manual? Now I'm wondering mm. if this is the black first gen. Now the oh. R8 manual that Andrew, Dammit Patton, had last year. If so, You're that right. car is pretty. You should actually pay the – what is the extra? How much extra is it? I think you should get the R8 manual. That is a genuinely special car. That first gen with the 4.2 liter and the six-speed shift, six gated shifter, that was a moment-in-time car of the R8s. So that is a fun experience. I think you'd still love the F-Type, but I bet you that the F-Type is an auto. Mm -hmm. and that would Mm -hmm. be better manual, too. The R8 is a special car, so I think you should go for the R8. I'm just saying, and we'll be excited to see you. And we'll go, yeah, the same car year. and Andrew will walk up and tell you what he learned. It'll be great. (laughs) No, I like that. Well, especially if you don't drive a manual currently,
1: Mm. then this is a great opportunity to get in a German car that's mid-engine and Mm -hmm. manual Mm -hmm. transmission. I'm with you, although we do like that F-type.
0: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't go wrong either place. You'd have a great time either way, but yeah.
1: All right. There's a question on Instagram from forerunner for life 98 asking, a little bit of a different question, do factory wide-body cars Mm. like the Ford Raptor? And I suppose we could throw the wide-body Hellcat and Charger in the mix now. The entire
0: Dodge lineup. The wide Dodges. I
1: guess, yeah, they're all wide, aren't they? Does this change in how it performs in the small overlap crash test? If Mm. you don't know what this test is... It's the, it's kind of the glancing blow. So the car is going straight in the Mm -hmm. NHTSA testing videos. The car is going straight ahead, but it's not, it doesn't fully hit the wall. It just might hit a portion of the headlight. Yeah. Imagine you just hit it with one headlight,
0: like you're trying to to shave off a section of the car.
1: Right. So the car goes, you know, it spins the car one direction depending Mm -hmm. on the side you hit. But it's, it's common because, you know, cars can clip each other. Yeah. Now, He's saying that there's only you know twenty five percent of the body. So does it being wider actually push the strong frame rails further away, therefore bypassing the strong parts of the car that you need in the small overlap crash? Hmm. Keep in mind, everything has to be still crash tested.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: And I would think, depending, it's it's hard to say across the board because of the nature of crashes no two are alike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've standards obviously now with you know some sort of benchmark, but. I would say that it would lead to even more of a glancing blow if it's, you know, it's just tear your sheet metal off essentially. Yeah. But those framework, I mean we're not talking it's a foot wider. Yeah. It's a it's, few inches at yeah, exactly. most. Yeah, exactly. Good point. So I don't know that the, that it would affect it so dramatically as to suddenly
0: claim that wide body cars are now unsafe and has overlap small crash. Well, but you also know that the manufacturers are finding out what is the absolute outer edge that I can change this body style <laughs> yeah. and not have to re-crash test it? <laughs> right. Somebody has run that run that equation <laughs> well, figured that out for that's sure. That's true because the crash test is expensive. And it's a time-consuming process. Everybody hates it. Uh, Jay Doherty seven eight seven decided to have some crazy money fun and said, uh, if it hasn't been asked yet, he wants to know if either of us were to win the lottery, like tons of money. His his example is like five hundred million. What would be the car we would buy immediately? Mm, what are you thinking? McLaren 720S. That's a tasty choice. I mean, I think I, think I would be, – because I think that car would just be – I'd be thrilled with it. And then I could go be a connoisseur about other things. I'd, I'd chase down a nice Eagle E-Type. I'd chase down some other oh, things. It sure. would take some digging. Sure. But it would be like the check cleared the bank, and I called McLaren, and I have it by lunch. I mean, I just we're, – we're getting this done, okay? <laughs> I was initially thinking
1: a warehouse – well, yeah, but he's talking about but he's talking cars. So yeah. I pulled back, and the story around the Koenigsegg Jesko really hit home because if you guys don't know this story, it's actually very personal. The Jesko was named after Christian von Koenigsegg's father, mm-hmm. but if you don't know, he's eighty now, and I think back in his sixties when Christian was really starting out, mm-hmm. he was he put a second mortgage on the house to get Christian started. Wow. And thought, oh, i 'll just help out a few days a week and dabble around with my son 's project and ended up working six or seven days a week, working his fingers to the bone to get his son 's now world famous hypercar company off yeah. the ground, which yeah. is now a leader in technology totally. and innovation, yeah, and he got this thing off the ground, so he has just as much invested as Christian mm. does. Mm. And it was just – it was a tear-jerking moment mm-hmm. at the, the Geneva reveal when they revealed mm-hmm. this car. And it was just – I, I love the the personal connection. It wasn't just another car and I named it after my dad. No, there's there's this huge, there's deep backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it affected him deeply. And it, hmm. it was more about hmm. families coming together rather than the car itself. That's cool. And it struck me. Plus,
0: the car is pretty crazy looking. And I love it and I want it. If you had crazy money, you'd go buy a Yesco. I see where you're going. There it, All it right. is. All right.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> All right. What else do you find on here?
0: Uh, Holt Nico says you're coming to a stoplight and you know, you're going to stop. There's not, you're not going to go, no chance of going through it. You're going to stop behind traffic. Do we a do what he describes as the limo stop, the soft and gentle with no lurch at the end? Or do we do the car and (laughs) driver 60 to zero test? Honestly, I only save hard braking for driving hard on back roads and the track. I, I prefer the slow, steady braking thing. In almost every situation, certainly anything that resembles traffic or a normal stoplight, to the point that, honestly, I have the reverse problem. I am a street breaker on the track. I have to constantly remind myself to break later and harder on the track. Because on the track, you're supposed to do the exact opposite of what you do in, in the description being done here. You break all that you can, short of traction loss, all that you can immediately and then back off And you do that as Mm. late as possible. Mm. That is exactly the opposite of how we normally drive. We, as a collective, normally drive on the road. Plus, if you do the 60 to 0 test at a stoplight, the guy behind you just hits you.
1: (laughs) All right. And more of a comment from Fraser Haber here. He says he's infected his mother with the disease. She's now snapping pictures of cool cars she spots and sends them to him. She sent him a picture of a 57 Thunderbird in the Costco parking lot, and he thought it was hilarious. Who takes their 57
0: Thunderbird to Costco? I don't know. Because what are you buying? Well, but hang on, though. 57 Thunderbird actually has a pretty good-sized trunk.
1: Well, I guess it that does. That era
0: just had, like, trunks. I mean, Costco's didn't exist. No, they didn't. In 1957. Or but you come out of Costco means- nothing's in a bag anyway. You can just find all the nooks and so. crannies of that massive Grand Canyon trunk. Oh, my, it's probably a good idea. My mother
1: always, she would come home and be like, Paul, I spotted the coolest car. Like okay, mom, what what was it? Well, it was white.
0: <laughs> these oh, are okay, my, these how, are how many doors? Too.
1: Let's start with doors. I think it was two, or it could have been four. Oh, <laughs> did you did you see a logo? Did you see a badge? Could you draw it for me? No,
0: I just saw it. and It was white, and it was cute. I was like, a, man. my parents do this as well. <laughs> oh, man. But what's sad is the the high percentage of times when we find out what it is. Oh, really cool car! Was it a good color? It reminded me of your Lotus, and we find out what it is. It was a Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened that, more than once. Oh, it's Happened ooh. more than once. I'm just like, ooh. I I don't know if I should be offended or just horrified that your awareness of cars is actually that bad. That's that's quite an insult. More actually. than once they're like, yeah, it was really cute. It was yellow like your car. It reminded me a lot of your car. What huh. was this this, this? this here's a photo of it. Mom, that's a Saturn. <laughs> And now I'm just offended. Anyway, yeah. Well, there's a question we can't quite answer from Ryan Stamp
1: asking of out of all the vehicles that we have shot for this season, which one would we want for a long-term test Mm. vehicle? The reason I say that, Ryan, is because we haven't quite actually finished shooting season five. We have one more episode to do. It Mm. will be the last episode of the season, and it will be a standalone because of the turnaround times and the craziness that we've experienced. So we will indeed have six full episodes but this will just be a standalone before it pushes to Amazon Prime a little bit later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But so far, I want more time in that Veloster N. I somehow knew you were going to say that. I really did. did and, that, and that is that thing. Yeah, I would love
0: to have a long, I long time track that it. for sure. Yeah, I for sure. Just
1: drive the snot out of that thing.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Actually, you've just stumbled up against something I wanted to mention. What we have done in the last couple of seasons is we have released our entire season on Amazon at once. We we do that now because we have realized that Amazon doesn't offer, when you're posting like we do, Amazon doesn't offer the buy season option until you've closed the season out and said there will be no more episodes. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The problem with this season is the last episode, episode six, is running about six weeks behind the rest of the season. So uh, I'm really debating do we – Put out the episodes a few at a time oh. and then wait on episode six. And you can't buy season for a while. Maybe we do that because that gives you guys the option. If you want to buy them as they drop, great. If you want to wait, oh, sure. you can wait. Sure. But I'm telling you right now, it, we can't offer the buy season option until we get all the episodes out. And we aren't even shooting the last episode of season five for a couple weeks yet. And it is going to play the last week of September because that's when it'll be done. It's mm-hmm. crazy. This is a weird thing happening. Mm-hmm. We're actually shooting our first stuff for season 6 before we even shoot the last of season 5. We didn't plan it this way, but it worked out. Crazy. Crazy. All right, uh, last question
1: for me on here is a quick one from Derek Miller about Peugeot rumored to be coming back to the US. What can they learn from Alfa Romeo's recent return to the US? Hmm. Well, it's got to be reliable. Make sure <clears> they <throat> run.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have
1: to run. I mean, make sure the car and driver
0: runs. Make <laughs> well, sure the ones that. you give out that yeah. are long-term cars run. That's because true. even if... The, we, I'm sorry. Side note again. i got to rant about this again. We've had multiple Alfa, Alfa Romeo Julia's that have been Turo cars. And we've talked about how much Turo cars can be yeah. on. Every yeah. one of those owners, we ask them in detail. Tell us about the reliability of this car. We typically ask, ask them after the fact. And they're like, no, it just runs. Right, right. But, so be sure... If, if you're Peugeot... By the way, this is my bit of advice. The car you give car and driver needs to run wonderfully.
1: Well, yes. Ultimately, Derek, I think it's... Um, the French like the quirky cars. They like quirky. <laughs> Just think, you know, the Citroen Cactus. Mm. Just first of all the name mm-hmm. and my car is a cactus. Might sell in Arizona, I guess, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but but you have to ask yourself if Peugeot is entering the market, what are they offering? that you can't go buy right now. Uh, Interesting point. What is it? Is it it comfort? Is it space? Is it electrification? Is it ease of use? Is it dealer experience? What about that car and that company will pull people into dealerships besides all the nostalgic car nerds that remember when Peugeot was here yeah, and yeah, yeah. we liked my 505 diesel and it clattered around and yeah. it was different. And now it runs was, on
0: uh, old fry, fry oil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, sobs are too weird and quirky. Those are like mainstream. <laughs> I'm going for Peugeot. <laughs> what about them will be different and offering to the American I public and the I American yeah. North American buyer will say okay. that will differentiate them and pull people into the showrooms? Willoughby styling. Mm you mm. you can go so far on styling yeah. you can but i i'm just asking so mm. guys thank you so much for your questions really appreciate it and uh, we're definitely looking forward to next time cheers everyone